Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, my brother Ali? Fight Diggy, Tribe Called Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to the Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. This is show that you come up on, yeah. This is spot that you come up strong. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto, host and founder of the Come Up Show. And today, as I told you, we're keeping it in the West Coast. My guest is Dan Funk, the face of modern funk. And I had, yo, I had a lot of fun kicking it with him in, in this interview. And I think there's a lot of jewels that you as fans, as artists and creatives are going to take a lot from. If you don't know about Dane Funk, he was here in Toronto a couple of weeks ago. He headlined Unity Festival this past weekend in Toronto. And we talked about his new record label and radio show, Glide Zone. His perspective on the hip-hop culture after working with artists like Mac Miller, Schoolboy Q, Tyler the Creator, and the importance of sticking to your guns and not chasing trends or fads. I present to you my conversation with Dan Funk on the Come Up Show. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. Hey, what's happening, y'all? This is Dan Funk out of Los Angeles, California, by way of Pasadena in Toronto. What's happening? Welcome to the Six. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. I was thinking because as a, as a music journalist and blogger and uh, talking to our audience and fan base, nowadays there's unlimited platforms from Apple Music to SoundCloud. You're on Red Bull Music Academy Radio. And I was just trying to think of like how do people truly discover music today? Like what was that like when you were digging compared to what it is nowadays? Like how do you think that's changing and how does one really have music that they discover music and also like how does it stay in their library would they come back a year to it later if it's all digital like how what do you think of that environment today i think it's interesting i mean i think people when i was coming up discovered music by uh going to record stores you know on a saturday afternoon and you know and just digging through records looking at who produced the records in the back of the jacket you know looking at where the studio was or it was recorded you know looking at the label um, you know who played on it you know it was it was fun to actually discover music and not just being uh, heard in the earbud you feel what I'm saying so it was it was a little bit more to it nowadays I dig the whole digital uh, revolution if you will you know it's just that it's almost so much information but but a lack of information at the same time mm-hmm. that's my take on it so much information but a lack of information which is kind of funny where we're so social on social media but we're we're not really social there's no information as well too and that that's kind of parallels right yeah, that's what I've been discovering that's what i've been realizing it feels that way mm-hmm. uh so you have a, a new label and monthly radio show as i talk about called glide zone so tell me the name of the meaning and then we'll expand into the label and the radio show Glide Zone is a, an idea I've been rummaging around my mind for for years. You know, I used to you know hit the the name up on paper, you know, the marker, and first it used to be without the Y, but I changed it to a Y to give it a little bit of different vibe to it. But Glide Zone is more about music that could be any genre. It's it's just more about the vibe of it. You know, the zone that you're in where it makes you feel a certain way. It's not rock, funk, or or, or hip hop, or soul, or jazz. Or it's just 
a type of music that's just for a, a certain lifestyle and people who know about can appreciate certain chords and a, a vibe of just the way we get down. You know, it's it's about being with everybody, you know, not about just for one type of uh, person. But it's definitely a vehicle that I've uh, wanted to uh, have for a while to um, give myself and others that are like-minded an outlet to do music other than what I've been doing the last um, 30 years. You know what I mean? It's something more from my heart and soul and, and cultivated from my mind as opposed to being within someone else's ideas or mind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely a respect type of journey to, to embark on. And uh, with the help of my man, um, Peter Gostin and AJ and everybody involved, you know, doing things uh, with Seed, getting the distribution going in a digital format, you know, I think it's starting off as a bright future. Mm-hmm. You talk about, you know, like not there being boxes and genres or whatever. Was it like that before, like 30, 40, 50 years ago where people would listen to everything or were people always boxed in? And now it's that's kind of unraveling. I think it was a little bit like you used to be able to go down a radio dial and, and, and find different styles. People have been experimenting a lot of different music for a while now. It's just that, and also, don't get me wrong, I love genres. You know, I'm one of the few mm. out here that are not ripping and hollering about like, uh, no genres. This dude, that's corny, man. I mean, it's good to have genres. You know what I mean? A lot of people do say that. These creatives nowadays, like, oh, I'm no genre. Exactly. Like, I, mean, I mean, if you like drum and bass, that's dope. You like drum and bass. Yeah. If you like funk, you like funk, you represent it. If you like hip hop, you represent it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you like house, it's not illegal to love it and represent house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be this guy. That's playing it too safe. You know, that's what's irritating about this era that we're in. It's like everybody is in a hustle mode where they're afraid to stand for something. So, oh, oh, oh no, I'm not going to lose that. I'm an opportunity over there because, you know, I don't want to stand for that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it ambiguous and just like no matter what it is, I just love it. Only reason why I'm talking about that is because I mentioned Glide Zone. It was just more of a thing where you are representing a certain vibe and a lifestyle, but it doesn't have to be a certain, like I can put out any style of music I want to on Glide Zone, but the music that's going to be on Glide Zone, say if I did have something that was from a, from a tech house background, I guarantee the person who's doing the music on that particular release, they're going to be believing in tech house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not like, okay, the next track is going to be country western on the uh, record. And then the next joint is going to be like a instrumental jazzy hip hop thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, it's like just represent. Be be who you are. And that's what I want to try to bring to Glide Zone. I'm a funkster. You know what I'm saying? And I'm proud to be a funkster. You know what I mean? What I do, the way I walk, talk, and, and do things is from a funk perspective. But I still enjoy other styles it doesn't mean that i hate other styles Mm -hmm. because i'm not an elitist that's an elitist there's a lot of people there's people in the game that are like that as well elitist who just because it's not trap music right now i'm not fucking with it you know what i'm saying just because it's not backpack hip-hop i'm not fucking with it it's gotta be hip-hop you know cats like have the type of uh, dirty beats in the background and it sounds like you're walking down an alley in new york city at 3 a.m at night and ghouls chasing you type of hip-hop you know what i'm saying it's, if it's not that i'm not fucking no it's okay to like all types of music and that's one of the reasons why i love cats like pete rock og me and him talk all the time deal with each other in a social media aspect and musical we haven't put anything out together yet 
yet, but it's coming. But the thing is, is that he loves all types of music. He represents hip-hop to the fullest. Mm -hmm. But he loves Aura and Sal Soul Records and Prelude Records. And mm -hmm. you probably would never know. Heads too. But mm -hmm. it's good to have that kind of well-rounded vibe. And today, to go back to the original question with Glidezone, that's what I'm trying to do is, is create a label that you can like everything but represent what you represent hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, as you just said, what the goals are with the label. So how does that come to when it comes to attracting an audience and, like, the marketing? Because you're a label. you got to sell stuff. you got to get people, as many people as possible to see it. So how does that, like, is it just put it out and see what happens? Or is there any strategy that you can apply to that? Well, I think my strategy, and, um, you know, people on my team can agree, is that it has a lot to do with social media and engagement. Mm. And when you engage and not just sit there on social media and not respond to people and when they do like something or you know retweet it you know what i'm saying let them feel like they're part of the vibe you know what i'm saying they're a part of the the growth of that project the build up to that project there are some people who refuse to retweet anybody because they feel they're beneath them or they're not going to give them any love or like a compliment and they follow like one person or One zero people person. that old game that game is corny on following zero come on man that's so fucking contrived it's ridiculous following zero or one or two people please the point is and i get it sometimes i mean if it was a perfect world none of us will follow anybody but it's not reality you know what i'm saying it's, mm -hmm. it's because if you have a product as you were talking about mm -hmm. chetto it's like you gotta have people who are with you and engage and then they feel they're a part of it now it is a fine line we are in an era now when I was, well, versus where I was growing up, and I was just speaking about this earlier, it's like we didn't expect to engage with Pink Floyd and Morris Day in the time when we bought their records. You know what I'm saying? Now, you fuck around and buy somebody's project on Apple or whatever, or whatever processor you're buying it, and you get into your car an hour later, I want to direct message this guy who just made this record. I don't want to just listen to his stuff. I'm going to DM him, and I'm going to have a conversation, and I'm going to engage. I'm like, no, man. When did we get to that point where, so my point is, yeah, engage, and that kind of thing helps people like myself with new independent labels, but there is a fine line. I think that the public needs to understand when they do support a project, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you go full Monty and like, you know, want to go out on a date or, or go sit down with somebody and have like a cocktail with it because you yeah. bought a three ninety nine EP. It does not mean that the artist has to do that. Not you know really. what I'm saying? And vice versa. It doesn't mean that the artist preys on some person that just bought the record and then expect them to do things for them. So it's like, it's, it's a very experimental time right now, and I think the dust has to settle a little bit with the interaction with the people. It's such an engaging vibe right now. It's, mm -hmm. it's so engaging where you don't know where the line is, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? You don't know. I'm going to just, like I said, I'm just going to DM this person at, at 3 a.m. in the morning because earlier after I got out of work, I bought his record. So I, I see his Twitter account. I see his Instagram account. If he doesn't respond... Maybe I'll just troll him and start fucking with him, asshole, or make jokes or, you know, that kind of, until they get a response. That's the weird part that we're in right now. Yeah. Hopefully you can settle down and people can respect musicians again for just giving them the art and leaving it alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just get the art. It doesn't have to be we're engaging that much, but 
engaged to a certain point where if it's a retweet or whatever, you know, let retweet that and then that person get more followers because that person sees the algorithms of you liking them and then they can get other people. So that's the fun of it. Mm-hmm. But when it's going too far when you're trying to DM and, and all that and listen to my SoundCloud because you bought the record for three ninety nine. If you bought a record for three ninety nine, does that does not require me to go to your SoundCloud and listen to your catalog. It does not require me to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want to know wh- where your perspective comes from on embracing social media because mm-hmm. I've interviewed some people who may be in their 40s, 30s. I actually interviewed uh, an R&B artist who's 21 years old the other day, and he dislikes social media. So it's not an age thing, but usually if somebody is, say, 40 plus, they're like, oh, I don't understand this. I don't F with it. So you're obviously embracing it. So what is your perspective on maybe this is not only limited on social media, but it could be everything. Like, wh- what is it about you that embraces it? Well, I embrace it because it, it helped me. I've been doing this since MySpace. Mm-hmm. So I attribute a lot of my success, if you want to call it that, humbly speaking, to interaction in social media. But I've learned through time that it could be too much, as I was saying before. And I would say that some people, yeah, they can't handle it. They're not built for it. You know what I'm saying? You have to be built for social media. Everybody listening right now, it's like you can't just jump into this. And you know what? I commend artists and creatives who actually have enough balls to actually interact with people on the internet because let's be honest some creatives they don't have enough balls to deal with people on social media it takes balls because you are subjected to criticism to open comments to fuck yous to hey asshole you know you i don't believe in what you blah 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 you know look at your head anything you know what i'm saying but most people who don't fuck with social media they get to be quiet in the dark you know in the corners of their creativity you know what i'm saying but yet still it's a gamble because there's cats that i know that they've been around for a while if, if they just got on social media it would probably do wonders for them. But then again, it helps some artists or slash creatives because the mystery, the mysterious thing that's attached to them, it might do well with their existence. But yeah, but exactly. But Like the weekend when he first came out. Yeah, what he was was he on or not on? Because I never followed the weekend. But was he on or not? He, he had the, the public profiles, but he barely uh, posted. And but he when he posted, it was all ambiguous things where you could barely see him or whatever. That gave you just a little bit, and people were like, "We're just hungry." Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. And and yeah. And I do know that that's a fantastic um, way to do it. So it's three ways. You can either be like a Mad Lib and not anticipate at all, or or Kendrick doesn't participate at all. Or you could do the weekend vibe and be uh, ambiguous and mystery vibe. Or you can be like myself and engage. But the touch with mine is that I've been told there still is sort of like a um, gray area with me still. I don't overdo it. You know what I mean? It's like or with crazy shit like I'm picking boogers right now at the, at the burger stand you know I, I don't do it like that you know what i'm saying it's like mine is i try to stay in the music and try to do it in a way where it's still it's a certain you gotta it's like it's i'll put it to you like this last thing on this i put it to you like this i treat social media like in, in versus others i treat social media like if you're at home and you gotta go make a run to the grocery store 
Some people would decide to put on an outfit to go to the grocery store and get dressed and go to the grocery store. Some people would decide to fit on some fucking flip flops, dirty ass shorts, musty, going out the house and just roll up to the grocery store, crud all in your mouth and lips and don't care who you're going to meet. But I step out to the grocery store, brush my teeth, put on some clothes and brush my hair. You know what I'm saying? And, and and put some lotion on my hands so they're not ashy. That's the difference of how I treat my social media. It's not that it's, I'm definitely not the mystery guy. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't do the weekend vibe, but, but at least I decide to get dressed before I go out mm-hmm. to step into the social media arena. And I think my audience appreciates that because I decide to step out of the house and get dressed before I go out. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what's lacking is some of the guys who are on social media, even in the music uh, game with creativity, they're just showing up to the grocery store, Putin, uh, musty, you know, like uh, walking with one shoe on a foot. You know what I'm saying? Just don't give a fuck. Now, some people will applaud that. That's like the punk attitude, you know, a punk rock, meaning that's a great attitude for some people. Some people just say, hey, do it. Punk rock, go. Mm-hmm. But sorry, I'm, yeah. I, I, I like to keep it tight. You know what I mean? It's about balance, and it's also about being authentic exactly. uh, to to who you are and what you are as well. Too, mm-hmm. Night Funk EP is a collaboration between you and Night Jewel, and I heard uh, like there was a quote somewhere that it was a seven year conversation between you guys of like should we or shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Why did it take so long to collaborate? With Night Funk, great lady uh, Ramona Gonzalez, aka Night Jewel, and uh, Cole MGN, um, they are great creative uh, nucleus of LA where Cole has worked with uh, Ariel Pink and Haunted Graffiti and just won a a Grammy for uh, Beck's project where he mixed it and and things like that and he's the husband of Ramona Gonzalez and a lot of people uh, know that you know Cole has been involved with Night Jewel's records but Ramona aka Night Jewel me and her have always been so cool over the years and We've always just gravitated each other again through MySpace. If it wasn't for me on social media, backtracking a little bit on our conversation, I probably would have never known Ramona. You know what I mean? Because through social media, I knew Ramona with some of the things that she was doing. And I went and found her record at, in San Francisco at a record store called Groove Merchant. And from that point on, I just really loved the material and became friends over social media. So that's the beauty of social media as well. You can meet non-thirsty people and non-breaking the code of respect people still on social media. She's one of those. We respected each other. And throughout time, a magazine called Accelerator decided to do a project making people come together and experiment with some grooves and we were two that were chosen to experiment with making new material so we did that they followed us around for one day in LA and then we ended up making a song called am I gonna take make it home or something like that you know and we had so many titles but this one is official on there but that song started our first collaboration and from then on we just stay friends we see each other in different countries and laugh and you know and and then eventually we just got back in the studio we've been recording this stuff for a while but we actually recorded about 10 or 11 tracks but what we decided to do is narrow it down to four because again Chetto was like we tried to appease what's going on in the game right now and we know that the attention span is not 
the way it used to be for a full album. So we decided to do four tracks instead. And so far, this is like we we could not believe the success that we're having with this. And people are loving the project. Ramona's happy. I'm happy. And I'm happy because it's the first release on Glide Zone recordings. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the philosophy with that is, is always want people, like they leave them wanting more. There you go. Just like what you were saying about social media, in, in the ambiguous thing, you know, it's a, it's a balance. You know, we're out there, but we at least know not to drop a full album, you know, smack it on people. It's like, yeah, it's it's a balance. You know what I mean? Even with Invite the Light, my last album, I, I think I went a little bit too far out into the abyss of recording like three records, you know, for the record. But it was, I think that one was a special moment for me in life. And I think that that would be like maybe like something in my catalog that people can look back at and say, man, this dude dropped like a three record set. Let me go revisit that. It's one of those, you know, it, it definitely it's not even a year old. I mean, the record was just came out September 3rd of 2015. And that was my last project on Stone's Throw. But this Night Funk project, along with the K7 um, project, which is called DJ Kicks, it's just new material, new vibes, new things that me and Peter are working on. And, you know, we just really feel good about the new material and, and ideas that are out there. And, and, and it all, you know, makes sense. So I'm just thanking, you know, folks like yourself, you know, on the Come Up show, you know, checking me out. You know, I've been around for a minute, not too long, but in the public eye. But you know, I've been doing music since 1988. I just want to be an example for people out there that whatever you want to think or say about or, or, or critique about my presentation on your show, I can imagine and I hope you can feel that I'm still hungry. You know, I still have the, the lightning bolt inside. And like I said, my first song I put on cassette tape was in 1988 in my bedroom just for me to listen to, not for the public. I never was trying to get a record deal or anything. It was about the art. And I think that the game is missing people who do it for the creativity and the art aspect of it i don't i don't give a fuck about a record label i didn't i just was making music eventually it just snowballed into what we're doing now and all of a sudden you look up and like whoa people actually like this stuff oh people notice and they feel that they can get involved in this and try to take me to another level and take themselves to another level as well by being a part of what's going on creatively and that's another thing if there's anybody listening that maybe doesn't actually make the music or make the actual art themselves Mm -hmm. if they believe in someone help them you know you can come up as well through that whether whether it be starting you know to promote a promotion company or managing or or booking or or you know maybe a radio show or or whatever you're doing help the community in an integrity based way so that you can see that type of artist come up within all the bullshit you know what i'm saying cats like myself now i'm not the only one but there's other people out here that if they don't have the help to actually bring this out here and then by the time we finish what we're doing on this planet, our mark is made. At least we tried to put some shit that's still real in the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what I would suggest for people. You know, they're not really, you know, um, don't know what to do. I feel like that's the number one misconception that people, fans of the culture have. Just because you see an artist on your TV or the producer or the DJ maybe they think that those are the only roles that's the only way that you can get involved because that's only what you see it's not the only way just like what you're doing you're doing a fantastic I've heard great things about what you're doing in the game I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if I didn't 
And what you're doing is providing a platform for people who can make this whole thing better in the whole machine of it because it is a lot of corniness in this game. You know what I'm saying? And But there's some people who are a light that makes that one person somewhere, you know what? I think I'm still going to get involved in this shit. I'm going to go ahead and inject my thing in. But if it wasn't for people like, you know, the people that you interview and people that you talk to and, and, and other people around, they might, man, fuck this shit. Man, this shit is corny as hell. I'm not fucking with no music business because this shit is t- totally corny. It can really make you like I'll be, be repost. Like I'm not getting involved. I see tabloids, TMZ following yeah. people around, you know, like beefs on on internet, you know, it's like, it just makes you want, I don't even want to be oh. into this shit. Do I want to get talked about on social media or, or in some, some uh, gossip blog? No. So it reposts people from getting involved. This is the number one challenge that I have as uh, a guy who owns a website, a publication. We don't talk about gossip. Uh, we don't talk about, you know, like gossip type of stuff. And and another thing is we focus a lot on independent and up and coming. But a challenge with that is if an artist is up and coming, that means their audience is not huge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but we're always fighting that fight. And I'm like, damn, if all I talked all day was about Meek Mill or whoever, that those guys on the top, my traffic would be higher or whatever. There's that challenge that you always face. and But I have to stick to my integrity and what I'm about. And then you're like, I hope this works out eventually, right? Because you're, you're always like, yo, like I hope this works out. That is the challenge that I always face as a media personality and as a, as a person who's doing it independently. You know yes. what I, mean? I totally understand where you're coming from, and I commend yeah. you. And I commend you and your audience for even being a part of this. And uh, like I said, uh, Peter Augustin, you know, he told me good things about you. And, you know, I hope that uh, you can continue what you're doing with everybody in the game. You know, it's a pleasure to be sitting here with you, especially in Toronto. It's been a place I've always had great experiences at mm-hmm. all the times I've been here with my um, band and, and also solo. You know, it's been a good time. So I'm looking forward to the Unity Charity event tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, and I hope it all turns out well. I guess uh, this ties into my, the question that I wanted to ask is about sticking to your guns, not chasing the fads, mm-hmm. your goal, your aim of creating timeless music. What are the sacrifices in order to do that, in order to be about that? Sacrifices are not being able to get the TV gigs that other artists do. You know, and not being able to um, get the accolades of, you know, big giant cosigns who jump on Instagram and, and, you know, and giggle and jump around and, you know, say he's hot and all this stuff. You know, it's like you bypass those. Some of us have those chances, but we decide not to take that route. The sacrifices that we have to endure is, you know, basically just not biting anything that gets dangled in front of you. Because you want to keep your integrity. When you've been, like myself, on tour with people like Todd Rundgren, who's a rock legend, and you see what he's gone through over the years, you see that he can still sell out big venues with not even, like, hits on the radio. That inspires people like me to keep, you know, strong on on your beliefs and believe in what you're doing. Because there will always be a segment of people out there who appreciate truth. They appreciate no games, There'll always be that society, but the thing is, is that they don't get looked at or pumped up. There'll always be an audience like you have for the come up show because they're out there, but they don't get the shine. It's human nature. You know what I mean? Human nature is for you to always be a part of like 
to keep moving. What's going on now? Fads, you know, uh, what's hip now? What, what is this? But there'll always be somebody showing up to a, uh, a Todd Rundgren show or a Rush concert whenever they decide to get together. Or, you know, Frankie, Beverly, and Mays. The, the entire place is packed. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's the kind of legacy that I'm trying to build. You know what I mean? To to be appreciated from that level and not just because it's the latest hit on the radio tonight and, and the latest drop from every single blog on earth or, or whatever right now because it dropped at midnight on, on on a radio outlet. It's just corny, man. You know, it's, this is about longevity, and that's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've worked with people like Mac Miller, Schoolboy Q, Tyler, the creator. I want to know what, what is your perspective on the culture of hip-hop right now? Oh, yeah. I, I think that my perspective on hip-hop, it continues. You know, I was there since the days of, you know, Run DMC and the Juice Crew and NWA and even as far back as Egyptian Lover and those kind of cats. It's like... You know, I saw it grow to what it's grown into now. I mean, I even had two turntables and me and my buddies in my hometown of Pasadena made it a rap group called JSD. But I didn't, you know, stick with um, doing hip hop because funk was just at my heart, you know. But, you know, of course, hip hop and funk are really uh, closely aligned because a lot of the music that hip hop was uh, using to create fantastic lyrics on a lot of funk and soul and disco, what have you. But... My perception of uh, hip-hop right now is that it looks like it's going into a great direction, more independence. People are thinking and saying different things. And the artists that you mentioned that I've worked with, it just dawned on me that those three artists that you just spoke about, that I've actually worked with them, I'm in contact with them, and, and we vibe. And they are some of the most innovative and leaders right now in the game. So it just dawned on me that, you know, when I think about hip-hop, you know, from Tyler his visionary, you know, moves from schoolboy Q to the way he doesn't forget about his, you know, humble upbringing and, and Mac Miller for his musicianship and, and what he's doing nowadays and new ideas and speaking up on things. You know, I think that's a great direction that hip hop is going towards more uh, ideas, more uh, entrepreneurial moves. And um, I think that if it continues to go that route with those uh, with the likes of the three artists that you mentioned from originality and, and not forgetting about, you know, the cats that influence him. Uh, I think that's a positive step. And I think hip hop is going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, one of the best times to be alive as a creative as we head in towards independence? Hmm. I don't know if it's the best time. I think it's a um, it's a crowded time. It's it's very crowded, you know, to be uh, saturated. That's for sure. Saturated. I get a hundred emails a day in my music submissions. Email. There you go, man. I believe you. And <laughs> and the cold blooded part is that you know it's going to take that person to finally realize there's somebody around them. Like yo, you might want to change the idea of what you want to do, but you can't really destroy somebody's purpose. So. It's going to be up to that person to realize, do I really want to do this because it is saturated and do I have what it takes? Being creative, like I said, doesn't mean you have to be the person out front on stage. Creativity is all types of things in music. You can be doing anything in the game. Like just like you say, being creative in the best time to be creative. It is a good time because now I think that it's with the technology we have in our hand, it's a much beautiful time to create from an aspect of really creating and thinking about something that no one's thought about where 
years ago, it was only certain things, you know what I'm saying? Either you do this or do that. You know what I'm saying? You could be a painter, a sculptor. But now you can open up a, sh- a shop in a corner of the middle of the city and do things from that shop and, you know, have anything in there and be creative that way. You know what I mean? It's just all kinds of ideas to be creative and you can actually make revenue from it. So to answer your question, I think it is an exciting time. I don't know if it's the best creative time because, like you said, the saturation, and I hate to be a pessimistic sounding person right now, but the saturation is creating stuff that needs honing. You know, it's just... And this is not just me, even because I'm not even from that era. But I mean, when you think about people from like Frank Zappa and George Duke and those kind of cats, or even before some of the even the classical musicians, it's just the creative level. It's just not as high as it used to be because it's oversaturated. So you got to be careful. I think my advice right now for anybody listening be the best that you can be, you know what I mean? The best, you know what I'm saying? Not just like, okay, I'm going to make this beat, yo. I'm just going to like do it for like, you know, five minutes, just mess around. That's art. Just put it out. SoundCloud. That's art. You know, <laughs> It's like you fucked around with it for five minutes, you know what I'm saying? And you just going to drop it on SoundCloud and expect people to, and then get mad because your friends don't support it. No, it has to be good, man. You know what I mean? That's what people are missing. We're living in an age of instant gratification. Instant gratification. Don't get mad at me telling you this in an interview right now or a podcast or what we're doing. It's like, it's the reality, man. You have to understand, man, the instant gratification. Don't expect it. Don't expect it. And so, I mean, I slaved in my bedroom for years making tapes. Nobody ever heard it. I didn't have any platform to upload it and let people hear in Timbuktu somewhere by midnight. And I made it at 9 p.m. I didn't have that. And guess what, though? By not having that, it kept me more humble. And I was able to hone my craft with elbow grease. And by the time I was able to get to a studio and do stuff, if people even give me a chance, I could show them how, like, I can make a song from scratch. The engineers scratching his head like what the fuck did you just do like you did that like i'm like oh this is no big deal because i'm used to doing that by being in this bedroom for years and nobody told me that that's dope that's woo like and getting to see a a ticker of of 223 likes or little hearts on 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 Mm -hmm. it's just i didn't have that like people that i came up with didn't have that you know what I'm saying? So now people are walking around with 223 like hearts and think that they the shit. And then when somebody tell they ass, a real Herbie Hancock motherfucker, like, oh, what is that? That's bullshit. You know, in so many words, they know, huh? I want to jump off a bridge. My music sucks. You know, it's like they discover like, oh, I might have to. But it's a reality that people just don't want to face because we created a generation and a society where they're entitled and you gotta like it and if you don't like it guess what you're hating you're a hater you're a hater because you don't like my stuff so now i'm supposed to just like think that somebody who takes a bucket of shit and throws it on a wall uh, throws it on a wall at an art gallery (laughs) that's dope oh no you don't understand you don't understand. That's dope. I just threw a bucket of shit at the wall. What are you doing? You're saying that my shit isn't good? You're, you're hating. No, man. You just threw a bucket of shit in the wall. Tell the truth. It's not art. Now, some people might think it is. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's like the ultra art. This guy. 
He just shit it in a bucket and he threw it on a wall. Whoo! That is art. Oh my God. God, oh, frame it. Frame it. You know, it's like, are we really going to go there? Are we really going to keep, are we going to do that? So that's where we're at right now. Are we going to keep enabling? Are we going to keep telling people that everything is good? Or are we just going to like be honest and just like, you know, yo, man, you need to step it up, man, and think about either doing something else or get better. You know what I'm saying? Or get better sounds weird because it is all about the eye of the beholder. But I just feel, man, like, you know, we need to get back to like this really honing our craft you know what i'm saying and and sometimes you might not need to be out here trying to get no record deal you know what i'm saying or just put it out yourself you know what i mean and then let it be what it is and then think of some other things to do in your life to 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 combine you know what you're doing you know what i'm saying i, I think a part of this is human nature because it is harder to try to be humble and it's also harder to not compare yourself to other people mm-hmm. you know you were lucky to be able to be in your bedroom for you know however long and not get that feedback and just work on the craft. Yes. But now when we have the smartphones on our on our hands and everywhere we're going, it's like it's it's gonna take a lot of constraints to actually just be working on the craft unless you're really meant for this and you're you know, but there, there there's probably some maybe some great talented or some people who could have been like really good who maybe they uploaded their stuff too soon and nobody liked it or they didn't get enough yep. views and they're like, Oh, I'm I give up. Yep, that's true. That's unfortunate. And again, speaking about the ambiguous mystery thing we spoke about earlier on top of the uh, podcast, it's like some people upload their stuff too soon and people bite their stuff and then filter it through their experience and then it becomes lost. You know what I mean? And then there's a lot of cats. I'm sure there was another Prince. I'm sure there was another James Brown. I mean, there was another Erica Badu named Karen Wheeler who was the lead singer for Soul to Soul. Same vibe, same dress code, same head, head wrap, you know, all that. You know what I'm saying? But it was just too soon for her. And then Erica Badu stepped in and like, every Peter's not in his head. A lot of people know about this. Karen Wheeler, she was around for the UK. She had the same kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Not the same voice, but just the same aesthetic. You know what I'm saying? But Erica, when she came out, it just was right on time. And and some people can say it. For, I'm not, I'm not going to get too deep, but there's certain people, even they came out now or a few years ago that they've done something they contributed something to the game and then it gets morphed and tinkled with and then it's the right setup for them and then it just blows up for them let's just talk about it in the end of this you know like designer you know by the time you air this who knows if it'll still be hot or not but it's like designer you know is is a direct uh linkage to the future influence and it's like this happened back in when the prince days with Ready for the World. It was a group called Ready for the World who made a song called Oh Sheila. And Prince was the hottest thing going. Anything Prince touched, Purple Rain, whatever, Sheila E, whatever. And it's like Ready for the World was smart enough to come out with a song called Oh Sheila in the midst of it all and just blew everything away. And and, and it's like nobody did it. know who is it? Is it Prince or Ready for the World? And it was just such a sound that was hot at that moment. And uh, from the whole like cadence of his voice, Oh Sheila, that whole thing. And it sounded just like, uh, uh, uh. And then Prince, you know, had his vibe kind of like sexy. So it was a perfect uh, storm, yet and still, the older people were looking, this is a direct bite of Prince, but the younger cast didn't care. They just wanted that sound. 
you know, and that's what's going on with Future and Designer right now. There's older, experienced people in the game, music people studying this whole thing. Like, yo, this is a direct cop and bite of the Future, dude. It's like, but the kids don't care. They just want that sound because it's hot. You know what I mean? So got to be careful of that kind of stuff happening as well, where the rate is going now. I don't even know if Future can bang anymore because Designer just came out and just like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And that's the thing I'm talking about with Karen Wheeler and Erica Badu and, you know, and all of that. Prince survived, ready for the world, kind of sat down. But, you know, and that might happen with Designer. But it's just a cold game, you know what I mean? And, yeah, you know, you got to just... When I see cats like Designer, I'm like, yo, just go make as much money as you can, bro, because who knows a year, two years from now. Because I always wonder what these rappers do, right? But, yeah, wrapping up our interview, I appreciate the conversation. What should people check for? Because you stay working. What's the next, you know, six months going to look like for you? Well, I, I think the next six months are going to be uh, a great year of 2016. It's one of my favorite years in a while. You know, I continue to, you know, uh, build Glide Zone recordings. This is only the uh, second project I've ever done on this imprint label. The first one was a 45. It was called Wavelength uh, Funk Dreams, and the B side was called Life Turns. And the, 45 was distributed by People's Potential Unlimited, but this one that just came out in 2016 is Night Funk, and me and Ramona, a.k.a. Night Jewel, are very proud of it. Um, We're going to continue to let people know about this project, but I think I'm going to drop projects often and not be so long in between projects. That's what I did the last time with Invite the Light, and I just waited a few years to release the album. So, um, and then after that, we're just going to continue to do shows, you know, when I want to, not do too many, but continue to also build Funkmosphere, which is my uh, club I've been doing for 10 years that focuses on modern funk and boogie sounds on wax. And then also get on back in and, and do another uh, Dame Funk solo album uh, eventually. So I hate speaking to third person, but you know what I mean. So Why did you say, I'm going to do shows what I want to, not too much? Why, why, is that a bad thing? Like, Isn't it a good thing do, getting as many shows as possible and teach, uh, reaching more people? Yeah, I like doing shows. I mean, yeah. it's good to reach people. Yeah. It's just that what I don't want to do is uh, I want to be one of these artists that, you know, that still or creatives rather to uh, be able to focus on the actual material and not be out so much doing um, the live thing because it that's just not what I'm all about. I want to be able to go back in and record content. Shows are great because we all know that a lot of people make their bread and butter from shows these days because a lot of people just continue to download stuff for free and trade with their friends and stuff like that. And music isn't as valuable as it used to be back in the day when I went to record stores and bought an actual record. And the the guy at the cashier actually put it in the bag and you smelled the paper bag and you took off the cellophane off the record and you felt proud that you had a piece of music in front of you. Dropped the disc on the turntable and watched it spin around the turntable and sat down in the chair and then you even wanted to get the CD because oh I like this I'm going to get the digital version and you mm. broke off the plastic of that and looked at the pamphlet and the liner notes so we know that time period is done so what I'm saying is still I do want to actually keep the artistic and creative part of it and not only become uh, where the shows are number one and the music is only a business card I don't want my uh, existence to become that so when I say do shows and I want to I just still want to be creative more than just doing shows because Mm -hmm. that's easy Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. 
Any last thoughts, anything that you want people to know, the people who may be new to, to your music, to who you are, and the supporters as well? Last thoughts, I just thank everybody for checking out my music, and thank you for having me as well. I'm happy that you're doing your thing out here and, and giving a platform for people like myself, and I just hope that people listening to this conversation today can be inspired by, you know, uh, like I said, I started doing this in 88, and um, you know, I'm still doing it in 2016, and I'm still feeling great, feeling hungry. And um, never thirsty, but hungry, and um, to continue provide people with music from the heart and soul, not based on the marketplace and not based on fads or trends. It's just about the soul. And if you lose that, I, I feel sorry for you. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, I you got to keep the soul intact. Remember your family and friends. Remember the experiences you had growing up. Remember what you really are about, and not let some trend change you in in what you're doing in the game right now. Remember, that's my last words. Just remember and keep staying focused and progress. Thank you very much for your time, my brother. Much love, brother. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dame Funk. Please rate us and subscribe on iTunes. The most important thing is give us five stars, four stars. You know what? Give us one star. It's better than no feedback. We need your feedback. I need your feedback. I need your love and support. Please and thank you. Head over to iTunes. Rate us. Leave a review. What you appreciate, what you like, what you don't like, what you think I could do better. I need that. Your feedback, your attention is my oxygen. My name is Chetto. I appreciate you for listening. Peace. Thank you.